welcome back to Becoming. So I've been thinking about this episode for a few weeks now, thinking about what I want to say, what I want to share. And it's given me an opportunity to really think about the underlying message. And looking back, I can ultimately see that it's about the power to bring deep healing into our lives by going on that inner journey and returning back to self. And as we've gone through all of the episodes, we've explored what that means and what that can begin to look like. And I want to go deeper into this using an example from my life. I've spoken about developing a rare autoimmune condition and how that was a major catalyst for my own inner healing and outer healing journey. And I want to talk about this in the context of, okay, so we start this journey of deconstruction or questioning because of often obvious manifestations and experiences that have led us to this point. And as I touched upon right at the beginning, there's just so much more. There is so much more that this journey can unfold for us. When we talk about returning to self, awakening and returning to self, what does that even mean? And what does this healing journey look like? So by going on this journey, I've managed to, or I've been able to experience healing in ways I didn't even realise that I needed, you know, because I was looking for healing in my physical body, but I didn't realise, I wasn't savvy to my own psychology, I didn't realise that there was emotional, mental wounds, spiritual and even relational wounds because I was I was asleep I was asleep to myself so I want to start off with this concept that we call faith the Christianized idea of faith and how it brought pain and disease into my life on one hand but it was also the doorway that led me into liberation and healing And I'm sure that you will be able to relate to it. And if you've lived with a chronic illness, an invisible illness, um, then I think that you'll definitely be able to feel me. There's all this talk about helping and supporting each other within the Christian faith. You know, I am my brother, sister's keeper and all that stuff. But when it comes to illness... It not only feels like you're carrying the plague, but you are being judged for it. It's the old kind of biblical belief that illness is equated to sin of some sort. Um, So I experienced and held a lot of shame, fear, guilt, loneliness, anxiety around being ill. Because I was constantly being confronted with the idea that I didn't have enough faith to heal myself and it wasn't just coming from outside of me it was 
my inner voice as well accusing me all the time that I just didn't have enough faith that I wasn't healed because I didn't have enough faith so to counteract this I was constantly working to prove that that wasn't the case I was constantly striving to show that I was good and worthy and really didn't have enough faith to heal myself And as I think about this, I can't help but re-experience some of those old bodily sensations and feelings that I lived through at that time. You know, the sheer effort of holding all of this physical striving and work, but all of the emotional, mental and spiritual tension as well. It was draining and utterly soul destroying I felt so helpless and hopeless and on one side I I believed at the time that I did want to receive my healing and it was so frustrating to me that I couldn't summon up the secret mojo source called faith to make it happen So, yeah, I felt like I was doing something wrong, that my faith was inadequate. And not just that my faith was inadequate and that I was doing something wrong, but I myself, I was flawed. Like, in a deep, 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 born this way level of flaw, because I couldn't connect to this faith. I couldn't make my mind just believe and then voila it would happen there was a kind of self-loathing a strange relationship that I developed with myself a really kind of antagonistic relationship where I was accusing myself and blaming myself and thinking why can't you just believe? I mean, what's the problem here? Why do you have to be so stubborn and cling to reason and logic? Why can't you just comply and believe? So I was literally trying to force myself to believe, not just so that I could receive my healing, but also to validate myself to myself and to others and say, look, Here's the evidence. I am worthy. I am good enough because I'm healed. And it didn't help that I was surrounded by people singing from the same hymn sheet. From an author I met through a blog hop that I was a part of, who was constantly informing the world how she beat cancer through faith, to people in my actual physical circle telling me that I needed to have more faith. And I was so fed up of hearing it. It got to a place where I would just throw back the response. Okay, so tell me where to pick it up in the supermarket and I'll make sure to get some. I felt so pressurised. Like there was no room for my doubts, my concerns or my fears. In fact, every doubt and worry that I had was only proof I was a fraud and I didn't really have the faith required to heal. And I think an added pressure element was the idea that healing had to be big, miraculous, 
you know, the ones that showed just how powerful God was. It wasn't okay for it to be quiet, small, silent. No, the louder, the bigger, the more miraculous, the better. That was evidence of how much faith you had. So even over the years, as I received my healing, it took me so long to utter the words, to allow myself to believe it. Because I was battling, you know, all those belief systems, the indoctrination, the thoughts. It's only actually quite recently that I posted it up on social media and used the word remission. Because I believed that healing needed to look a certain way. The church teaches so much of this crappy stuff about healing that just causes damage. For example, someone in my circle, my physical circle, introduced me to the idea of now faith and it comes from a scripture in Hebrews you know the one that says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen and it's this idea that you have faith but you also have now faith that there are different levels or you know types of faith and this is maybe the highest. And this doctrine about faith, it's almost like it's a special kind of faith that whatever you believe God for and you unequivocally believe God for in that present moment, you're going to receive it. But you have to believe, you have to fully believe. It's an almost kind of instant manifestation of whatever you believe based on your level of faith in that moment. And here's a quote by Kenneth Hagen on on this. So he says, faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into reality. Oh, the pressure. Oh, the pressure. And I've used that word a lot because, you know, that's how it felt like in my body. And I want to pull out something further that he says. So this may be triggering to a couple, to some of you. And I just want to let you know in advance. He says this. Many people fail because they see themselves fail. Begin to see yourself with the answer. Picture yourself with what you are believing God for. If you're sick, see yourself well. As you do, the Lord will make good on his promises. And breathe. As a psychologist, I wonder how I and so many other people submitted 
and continue to submit to living under beliefs like these and accepting them as authority in their life. When I first became born again, I did so because I was hungry for a touch. I was having difficulties and I really wanted to believe in a a loving God who could touch my heart and heal my soul wounds and deep loneliness. But the more I was confronted with teachings like these, the ones I've just shared about faith, the more it polluted the idea and beauty of it for me. Faith became this burdensome work that I had to do to manifest things in my life, to prove my goodness, my value and place in the kingdom. And I've used quite a few performative words to illustrate my lived experience. So I've used words like effort and striving and pressurised and work. And when I think about this, I can't help but make a connection to what's going on in society, not just the church, not just religion, in society and even the spiritual community, the coaching community, work, families, whatever it is. Because we talk about patriarchy, but do we think about how much it's infiltrated our experience of faith? How faith has shifted from this idea of receiving, experiencing, abiding in and being in to something where we feel that we have to prove and perform and work and do. This is the masculine energy that patriarchy, colonisation, capitalism, the systems of the world are built upon. And it's not that masculine energy in itself is wrong. There's been such a huge imbalance, a huge misuse of it. We just need to look at the Christian faith with its all-male triune deity. But even beyond that, the energy, as I said, of faith and belief is masculine to its core. And I didn't realise it at the time. But when I went on my healing journey, when I began to awake and return back to myself, what was really being healed wasn't my body. I was being healed from the inside out of this imbalance of energy. I was being introduced to the other side, to the sacred feminine or the divine feminine 
Being too much in the masculine made me ill. Beginning to be open to the sacred feminine allowed me to begin to heal. And it did this because I learned how to begin to turn inwards and listen. How to trust and honour my needs and my voice. How to embrace stillness, silence, darkness, and even chaos and death. How to begin to affirm myself and use my holy yes and no to create healthier boundaries. I opened myself up to the deep wisdom that couldn't be found in performative actions and doings. I opened myself up to wisdom, Shekinah, Sophia in the Greek. Christianity and society teaches us to not go inwards, that our innate wisdom, our intuition, our own inner guidance cannot be trusted. The heart is wicked and deceitful. The soul is fleshly, that our authority must always come from outside of us, whether that's directly through the Bible or through people telling us what the Bible says and giving us commandments, doctrines, dogmas to follow. We are disconnected from our wisdom and therefore we become disconnected from what can be found through our wisdom, the sacred feminine. Let's take doubt, for example. As a Christian, I was taught that doubt is wrong. Doubt is just a sign of a weak mind, somebody not grounded in faith. But going on this journey has taught me that doubt is like any other human emotion has a place, is here for a reason. And that doubt, doubt's job is to remind me to check in with myself, to remind me to listen more intently, to look more closely, to give myself space to ask, is this really right? Is this the way I truly want to go? Is this the truth I want to believe in? And learn to wait for the answer. Because it was only when I finally decided to begin to listen to that voice that I finally found that I could just... Breathe, exhale. And I didn't even realize that I'd been holding my breath. 
I didn't even realize I'd been holding all that pressure and tension in, in my muscles, in my cells, deep inside of me. And so I was led towards what was revealed to me as Shabbat Shalom. As I mentioned, I spent many years in the Messianic community and I developed a love for the nuances in the Hebrew. And Shabbat Shalom was really about this covenant of deep rest and healing that comes when we follow the heaven within us, when we follow the the truth within us. That's how we get to go into the promised rest. That's how we get to return home. Because we're taught that heaven is somewhere out there, outside of us. The kingdom of God is somewhere outside of us. But it's not. We return home to self. That's where we find rest and refuge in ourselves. So I was learning how to love myself in essence. And just to kind of link it back to like physical health, if somebody is in pain, you know that there's this kind of pull to distance yourself, to dissociate yourself from whatever it is that's causing you pain. And here I was being asked to not dissociate, to not pull away, to enter in through my, through my body, into the holy of holies within me. That's been my journey. And it's been such a beautiful healing journey. There has been so much that I've gotten from the experience, but it's taught me that, as I said, healing is a journey. You know, it's not about the big miraculous signs and wonders that show just how powerful we are or or God is. One of the laws of the universe or the principles of the universe is the law of gestation. And it's this idea that there's a set incubation or gestation period for every seed whether that's physical or spiritual a specific span of time that it needs to follow its blueprint to come into physical form so an oak tree doesn't go from seed to tree in an instant it goes on a journey Full term for a baby is 40 weeks on the inside, but it continues to grow once the baby is born. I mean, 
lots of people say the fourth trimester is a real thing. The baby comes out and a lot of growth still happens in the first three months. But even outside of that, you know, we're human, we're constantly growing. My daughter is is two and, you know, I feel like some days there's just like a leap that she's made overnight. One day she was she was doing this and the next she's doing something completely different or she's developed a brand new skill. I'm like, whoa, where did that happen? Where did that come from? It's the journey. The journey unfolds. Life and beauty unfold in the journey, in the process. The real work happens in the journey, in the silence, in the darkness, in the unknowing. And like I said, heaven isn't just something up there or out there that can only be gotten to when we die. Heaven is within us and exists within the boundlessness of eternity. What this means for us is that we create heaven or hell from the inside out. The fact that you are here is evidence and proof of you creating heaven for yourself. This healing, this deconstruction and questioning journey in itself is an example, is evidence of you doing the sacred work. So thank you so much for being with me on this journey where we explore this idea of becoming and awakening and returning to self. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to connect with me and continue the conversation, then you can go to my website, becomingbeyonddeconstruction.com. And if you're interested in supporting the work, then please feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash living from soul. My name is Florence Okusogu, and I'll see you on the next episode of Becoming You Beyond Deconstruction.
Thank you.